On BYU basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougars are ready to hit the road on a journey of reinvention, looking to get back on the winning track and in prime position for the postseason. We're looking ahead with the head coach and his grad assistants on the staff next. This is BYU basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, good evening once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside spacious Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, your weekly hour-long look inside the BYU Hoops program. We are live. We're also on demand via the BYU TV app. For those watching live, we invite you to take part in our Opinion polls via the Opine app. Get the app on your phone. Then check out the side of your screen for poll questions throughout tonight's broadcast. Well, you can also take part of the show on social media using the hashtag Pope Show. Coming up on tonight's show, we will look back at last week's set of home games for the Cougs. It was San Francisco and Gonzaga at the Marriott Center last week. We'll go inside the film room with assistant coach Nick Robinson. Deep Blue will tonight profile backcourt transfer Tijon Lucas, BYU Basketball's GAs. The grad assistants will join the program. That's Evan Troy and Brad Kitchen. And we'll look ahead to weekend road games at LMU and Pepperdine. But to get tonight's show on the road, let's bring on in the head coach of the Cougars. He is, of course, Mr. Mark Pope. Hey, guys. How are you? What's up? Hello, Coach Pope. How are you? you are good. Right. Yes, I'm very good. Good. And now the first and almost only thing I focus on every each week you enter is uh, is do the sweats match. And uh, lately that's do. been happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the floor is yours. I'm so excited and I'm terrified because here's the thing is that um, like there's no point in not addressing the elephant in the room. Like, let's be direct. We've lost four in a row. OK. Ah. It's like so brutal, but. I knew there was gonna be a but. Or maybe an and. <laughs> with every situation, you are looking for opportunity. Every situation in life gives us opportunity. And so I was thinking about the show yesterday, actually. I was sitting in, in the office, we were working on something else, and, and I was thinking about the show today, and I'm like, what can we, what opportunity is before us? Like to seize the moment, and so, uh, this is what I've got, okay? Okay. We have an opportunity to make Greg Rubel absolutely terrified and Hema too. <laughs> this happens almost every week, but we're taking it to a new level. Because what I've done is I asked our GAs who are going to be on. Yes, Thank you, you do. Right. Oh, look at this. Thank you. Okay. He'll be coming back later. He'll be coming back this later. Isn't, this isn't his only appearance tonight. If, okay. if, if the show makes it that far. <laughs> you don't understand. I am so nervous right now. You think you're nervous. I am so nervous. <laughs> okay. He just brought in a mystery envelope. And, yes. Uh, yeah. So what I had him do, so, you know, Leanne's late night uh, talk show person. She grew up in the business. Yeah. That's some and background there. So we're fans of these mean tweets. And so we thought, <laughs> you see sweat, like yeah. it's happening. We thought, what better time? You know, maybe, I don't, I'm not really a huge social media guy, so I don't know if there's been mean tweets all the time, but I'm like, there's got to be some mean tweets after losing four games. <laughs> so we're gonna read them. Wow. 
They've been printed out and they're in the so, envelope. So here's the deal. I told Evan, I told my two GAs who are coming on later to account for themselves. I said, I need you guys to scour the World Wide Web. Do we call it that anymore? Sure. To scour all of social media and find the most brutal, <laughs> meanest tweets about me in, in, that they could find. You, and you're going to read these? I have not seen them. Okay. Greg has not seen I've them. I've not seen them. And I'm going to tell you the first one I'm, not, I'm totally disappointed with, actually. Let's hope we're doing better than that. You guys have seen this on, who does it? Lee, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, maybe? So they have people come on and read the mean tweets about, about themselves. themselves. Yeah. Yes. So this is from Micah at El Mass. Micah, am I legally allowed to say that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this one's soft. It says maybe Pope isn't as great of a coach as we thought. I hope we're going to do better. That's not. It's, it's kind of mean. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. This is better. This is from Blue Oyster DVP at Blue Oyster DVP. Yeah, by the way, uh, before you read these handles, like just self-edit before you do that. But oh, yeah. Oh, so far, yeah. oh, I okay, am, okay. yes. <laughs> Pope, the at BYU coach, is a crybaby too. Four straight losses, hashtag Provo, fine. Okay. Ooh, this is getting better. Anya, with two A's, at BlackZag05. Mark Pope looks like a door-to-door -door salesman who's been on the road for too many years. <laughs> Better? Okay. okay. Wait! This is Cosmo for Life. That can't be a real Cosmo, is it? Cosmo for Life All-American. I don't know what that means. Um, Welp, Pope went from hot new girl to not so great in just two weeks. True. That's true. From dangerous... Um, these are a little soft. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush the GAs when they get in here. This is gonna, there's gotta be worse than this. Dangerous, all American. We look like a lower level WCC team. Just embarrassing. Pope looks clueless. Okay, and the last one. These aren't really complimentary, you know. I, I think. I, I, like I thought it would be like have more meat. All right, will you tell Ev and Brad they got one shot? When they come out here, they have to get a real one. These are like soft potatoes. I need a real, I need a real tough one. And I don't understand this one. <laughs> yeah, Lee, Lee said, uh-oh. So this is from the Sock Gnome, All-American. And it says, unfortunately, Pope has fallen into Coach Klein territory. Mm. I hope he can find dot, uh, dot, dot uh, his way out. Waterboy. Oh, that's gr that's great. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I I'm actually disappointed. Oh. Sorry, guys. I thought we would have some real heat in here. So we're gonna give those guys. You know, they work fast. They're, they'll work fast. Hopefully, they can get some good juice in here. There's also a possibility that people just still kind of like you. No, you no, no. I guarantee yeah. you that there's something juicy out there. <laughs> and so, I uh, I'm actually super disappointed. They got to bring it now. I will say this, because I get like you give me this freedom the first. Few I minutes. do. I will say this, that um, you want the hour, you've got the hour. No, no, I just want I want twenty eight more seconds, twenty four. So, as as this is what I would like Cougar Nation to feel right now. Like, I love I love our fans. We have the greatest fan base in the world, and 
and that comes, that means we get cheers and we get booze. That's the, that, those are great fans. And, and um, the, the, there's discontent right now if we, after we lost some games. That is the greatest gift in the world because the only way that can't happen is if people don't care. So I'm glad we all care so much. And I will make this one tiny little addendum just as a thought of maybe some grace. So I walked in my locker room Saturday after the game and um, I had one particular experience with a player who is like fighting so hard. Like he is fighting so hard and he wants so badly to perform well and he wants so badly to represent this team in this university. And sometimes in athletics that doesn't happen. And so, as I got to kind of hold him in my arms, his shoulders heaving as he was sobbing, like performance is okay, but like we're really blessed right now that we're being represented by incredible people who are giving their whole heart and soul to this game. And that's why we're gonna have success going forward. It's really special. So as we all do this, like we're so emotional about this game and I love it. I love it. And, and, and I, I love the fact that people are, care so much that we can't help ourselves but be critical when we don't perform the way that we're expected to. Just, just, just remember that we're all in this together and like these guys, man, they care so much. And um, it's, we're, we're really blessed to have that. So that's my soapbox. That was like a, that was like a minute and 17 seconds. Sorry, it's a little too long. No, that, that's the thing I thought about when you said that. When you were talking about uh, the fan base caring, you talked about a guy who clearly represents what caring is all about yep. after the game. It's pretty special. Yeah. Um, and we're, I mean, come on, this is the best, we got the f best fan base in the country. Like, you walk into the Marriott Center this weekend and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, so, you know, the SEC has these huge venues, Rupp yep. Arena, for example. Yep. They, they, they pack it every night. Uh, the Carrier Dome is massive. So the ACC, yep. the SEC have these big crowds, big venues. Outside of those two leagues, yep. there have been you know, the, the, the two largest crowds that have, have seen a game all year. One was in Philly for Villanova. They got yep. about 19-something. And yep. your crowd on Saturday yep. night. That puts you back in the national attendance yep. top 10. Yep. BYU hasn't been in the top 10 for years, and you're on pace to be a top 10 attendance team outside the power programs the power, and, and the power leagues. And our guys feel it, man. From top to bottom, we're so incredibly grateful and feel this like, oh, we want to, of course, we want to perform for our team, and we also want to perform well for, for uh, Cougar Nation, and, and so we're determined to do it. It's going to be, it's gonna be a really get a, great week. Yeah, I, I want to get a bit of good news in um, uh, before we get to uh, some numbers, uh, resume numbers. Tijon Lucas, who did not play uh, Saturday night, was practicing for you today. And the hope is, yeah. right, the hope is that means he's on the yeah. path to playing on the weekend. Yeah, so T, T you know, we, we wouldn't let him practice today, and he just begged and begged and begged to get in practice. Yesterday, we wouldn't let him practice, and he just begged to get in practice today. So uh, as part of the agreement, you know, there's, there's, if you know the Merritt Center court, there's four tunnel exits, and there's moments right now where I think Tijon feels semi-disoriented still. And so uh, I assigned Caleb Lohner to make sure that he didn't wander off during practice into some <laughs> random part of the arena. So otherwise, otherwise it went really well. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, I mean, the hope is he gets to play for you. Yeah, he's, he's, he's super. You know, everybody on this team is so important. And of course he is 
such a huge part of what we do. So we're hoping to get them back. And if we don't get them back, then we'll find answers. And right. if we get them back, those answers will be a little bit easier to find. All right, let's get uh, let's get to the resume that BYU is putting together uh, this season. Uh, latest Lenardi this morning. Still has you in the field. A lot of brackets still have you in the field, but uh, things are getting more and more urgent uh, game by game and week by week to stay where you want to be. Yep. These are the, the numbers you'll see on the NCAA team sheets. And, and, and one of the numbers that, that jumps out and will jump out to evaluators are those Q1, Q2 numbers. The fact that you can count nine Q1 and Q2 wins on your schedule yeah. still is significant. It's it, it like, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, um, so, you have to go do the research on this, but I'm pretty sure that we're the only team in the country that has lost four games in a row right now and is still in the NCAA tournament. And that is a credit to what these guys have done this season. Like it's unbelievable what this particular group has accomplished so far this season is like, there's really no words. And, and so now it's time for us to, f to write the ship and finish it. But you're right, like you think about it, nine quad one, two wins, and four quad one wins, that's incredible. Like, we just haven't been in that territory as a program before. And and so, you know, listen, we, we, we got to right the ship right now. But, man, they, they put together incredible work. Okay, four-game losing streaks are few and far between at BYU. And the four-game thing kind of resonates in a couple of ways. Uh, the last four-game losing skid for BYU came in 2013-14, which was an NCAA tournament season. Mm -hmm. BYU recovered from that to make the NCAA tournament that year. The team you played in the most recent NCAA tournament got into the postseason yep. on a four-game losing That's streak, right. and they turned it around at a really important time for them. So uh, this is by no means the end of any kind of road. No, no, it's not. And, you know, the guys, our, our, our fate is still in our own hands, but it's not an easy road for us right now. It is a, it is a tough road. We play our next three games on the road, and um, we've already seen how tough it is to win on the road in this league, and so we have to go play great. And, and, and we know that, and, and that's actually super exciting for us. And, and uh, the great thing about athletics, the reason why we all crowd into this arena other than being together is because when you walk in the gym, there's no guarantee of what's gonna happen. It's not like going to the theater or going to a movie or going to a concert. You really can't know how it's gonna end. That's why we're all so intoxicated by it. And so uh, we don't know how this season's gonna end up. And, and so right now our guys are getting themselves together and, and uh, we're going to go fight and, and see if we can uh, make some special things happen. And we hope that we get to look back in a few months or weeks time at, yep. at what this part of the season meant and said, wow, yeah. things look tough. But, you know, it's, it's such a teaching thing in life. We talk about this all the time. You and I talk about this all the time. But um, the story's never over. Right? Sometimes you, you, you know, we all have this tendency to pack our bags a little too early when things go wrong and they look really discouraging. But when we look back, maybe we're gonna say the key to our whole season was these four games. Like if we manage this right, we don't know. And a lot of that's up to us to write the rest of the story. So it's, it's the great thing about seasons and it's, it's, oh, come on. We just gotta find a way. We gotta find a way. We gotta find a way to grind out a game on Thursday and we can. Like, we, this is a good team with really good players that committed each other, and, and there's no guarantees, but we can do this. All right, moving on. With a pair of lineup changes last week, BYU's wing rotation underwent some modification. In this week's edition of The Film Room, Jerem Jordan sits down to discuss with assistant coach Nick Robinson. Okay, Nick, four-game losing streak. Uh, how do you write the ship? How do you start? 
Well, we start by understanding exactly where we are and then take uh, the basics that we need to re-emphasize and refocus on and get ourselves back on track. Uh, Coach, in the last 48 hours, has talked a lot about right, our commitment, our belief, right, as well as our determination uh, to do the things uh, that have gotten us to this point in the season. I mean, right now we're 17 and 8. Uh, you know, we're a really good basketball team. Uh, we've had a bump on the road, and we've got to get over this bump and get back on track. Okay, let's check out some of the plays that did work, like you talked about, against Gonzaga and San Francisco. Let's start with Alex Barcelo uh, against Gonzaga. Uh, a fade off of a screen. Yeah, right now we see uh, Caleb's bringing it up, right, to get into, uh, you know, the first side of our offense. Uh, you know, a little lackadaisical there, but we win the 50-50 uh, ball. And right now, Alex makes a great read versus pressure and hits the three in the corner. A nice, uh, you know, simple pass by Caleb uh, and a good initial screen by Seneca. Now you've got this uh, dribble handoff motion, right? And there are a ton of variations off of that. We saw the three, and now we, we see one where uh, he can drive and lay it in. Yeah, I mean, for us, we want to get to the second or third side of the floor. Right here, Foose sets a great screen, uh, making it, uh, the defender go over Alex Barcelo, which now gives Alex, right, a lane to drive and possibly, right, a roll uh, pass to Foose. With Alex, teams are guarding him so aggressively. How do you continue to find ways to get him open? Yeah, no, I think the, the goal right at this stage is that Alex continues right to be the special player that he is. Uh, but also we need the level of efficiency for all the, other, all the rest of our guys to continue to improve and get better uh, as they feel you know, comfortable in the office, uh, offense. But yes, we've got to make sure that Alex remains consistent right, and confident and is able to get uh, aggressive uh, shots and make great decisions. I think they're comfortable in the office as well, right? When yeah. They come in here. Yeah. And the offense? Both, right? <laughs> it works. Okay, Seneca Knight, uh, another good read off of this for a dunk against San Francisco. Yeah, again, we're able to get to uh, the second side of our offense, right? Tijon turns it through Gideon, and Seneca reads, right, this gap, right? They've got a lot of folks on Alex. Uh, everybody else is lifted on the weak side, and Seneca sees that and gets a straight line drive right to the rim. A really good read. And then Gideon George had a nice game against Gonzaga, 14 points, knocks down a three. Yeah, Gideon shot the ball really well as of late, uh, right here. Um, you know, he's able to turn the ball. Uh, we get to another side, right, with Alex off of this screen. Uh, and then from there, right, Alex makes a great decision. Trevor makes a really quick uh, decision, and Gideon hits a wide open three. More of that this week, right? Let's against do it. LMU and Pepperdine. Very How do you get so. a win streak this week? You know, I think for us, again, uh, you know, the guys weren't lifting this morning. Uh, we had a team meeting. Uh, we're ready to get to work this afternoon. And uh, ultimately, us putting in the work right in the next three days is going to prepare us uh, to go on the road and play against a good LMU team. Okay, good luck. Thank you. Quick thought. Uh, they'll lead you into something about Coach Robinson. Uh, BYU Thursday plays LMU. Mm -hmm. That's a team with two former head coaches as assistants yeah. to Stan Johnson. He has Alan Edwards and he has David Carter. Yeah. You have a former head coach. People yeah. need to know uh, that Coach Robinson had his own program. Yeah. What's the value of having on your staff someone who has been in that position? Well, we, we've talked about this before, but um, so Nick, I've known Nick for a long time as we were assistant coaches kind of trying to come up through the profession, and Nick uh, became the head coach of Southern Utah a few years before I took a job as a head coach, my first job as a head coach at Utah Valley. And actually, Nick has been one of my confidants. He gave me probably two pieces, the, the two most important pieces of 
um, advice that that I could have got when I took my first job that I think actually correlated to really, really great success for us. So it's a real blessing. And then, interestingly enough, Alan Edwards, who's the former head coach at Wyoming, was my teammate at Kentucky. And David Carter, who's the other former head coach, who's an assistant at LMU, uh, comes up through the Coach Fox, coach, Lynn Nance Coach Fox coaching tree, which I'm also a part of. So, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of connections in the group is fun. Weird how the coaching circles kind of intertwine, yeah. isn't it? It was, you know, it's fun. You, you know, you watch those clips. We could talk for so long about those clips. But the first clip, you know, you can see our guys are now learning to take advantage of when teams are committed to blowing up handoffs and flows, right? And so um, Foose made a couple great reads early in San Francisco. We had a great read there. And it's just like, guys are just, you know, it may be slower than we want, but guys are starting to find these moments of where they're starting to understand how to make reads and actually execute them, which is, <sighs> let's go. <laughs> Let's take a look at what's ahead for BYU in this month of February. And it's going to be here at Las Vegas, that is, before you know it. You have only really three scouts left, if you yep. will, because you only have three opponents. You'll play LMU twice, Pepperdine twice, and then have a second game against St. Mary's, a team you're already familiar with. So uh, the number of scouts is diminishing. That is, scout reports you're going to get. And this is probably the way it's going to appear. I don't know that Portland ends up back on the schedule at this point. This could be what you end up with, which would be 15 league games, Coach. And if it is you play 15 and other teams play other numbers, yeah. we could get back into that Ken Pomeroy algorithm for what the standings really turn out to be. Yeah. That's kind of how it looks right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it, it looks like, so we actually have a bye week with San, with uh, with St. Mary's, but it looks like um, Portland's booked that Tuesday and Thursday already. Yeah. And so we do have space. We'll kind of figure it out. We, we you know, the, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm having a tough time seeing past Thursday. Right. So, um, so, you know, we'll figure all that as we get down the stretch. Last year, they did have to go to that uh, alternate standings, yeah. uh, and they may have to do the same this year yep. because it looks like it'll be. It may be tough to get everyone yep. on, on an even page, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, as we go to break, we'll tell you that for your day-to-day -day Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, we want you to watch and listen to. BYU Sports Nation with Jeremy Spencer, weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Deep Blue profiles Tijon Lucas and BYU's GAs join the show as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by... Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Welcome back to Studio C here in Provo. Well, more than five years ago, BYU visited the United Center in Chicago to take on Illinois. On the Illinois bench that night was a player whose college career was just beginning. And it would take him from Champaign, home to Wisconsin, and then farther west to Provo, where Tijon Lucas now concludes his collegiate experience with the Cougars. Here now, Deep Blue on Tijon Lucas, presented by Brady Industries. Honestly better. Well, Milwaukee has a number of distinctions that we're not necessarily proud of. It's for several years been known as the most segregated city in America. Three out of the last four years has been listed as the worst place for African-American children. So when you look at the educational rates, you look at crime, you look at employment rates, things of that nature, it's a tough, tough place to grow up. This neighborhood center was built to support kids in the neighborhood, give them an outlet, keep them out of trouble. 
And it's been a place that people for generations call home. Tijon Lucas would be one of those people. Third grade, I was playing basketball there in the basketball league. And Mr. McHenry, who was like my mentor, another father to me, um, saw me there and has helped me ever since. He saw talent in me. It's safe to say that he was at this facility five to six days a week from the time that he first walked in till the time he graduated high school and left for college. Yes, he have had friends that lived on the other side of the fence. He would not get involved in those things that his, his friends were doing. He would stay in his gym, use this gym as a safe haven, and it takes a strong-minded individual to know where you're going, keep in perspective that, hey, I love y'all, but that's not me. The Silver Springs Center offered nothing but positive, and then you have a great person like Mr. McHenry that was over it, so that definitely saved his life because I don't think he would have made it because there's too many distractions. It's like you can go outside your door and walk maybe two or three blocks, and there's someone selling drugs. There's someone getting killed like two blocks away. But also, every time we'd hear about one of his friends or his teammates going to jail or getting in trouble or getting shot, it's just a reminder of how precious the opportunity that he has and just make him even more committed to just keep grinding, keep working, so that he can create the life that he wanted for himself. It's just very hard to, to make it out of there. And when you do, the community celebrates you and embraces it, and it's a kind of a big deal. When I graduated, only four people from the whole state of Wisconsin went Division One for basketball. And it was only one in the whole city of Milwaukee, and that was me. And so, you know, it's something I look back on and what keeps me motivated every day. That city means a ton to him. And that's exactly why in the middle of the summer, he went to Coach Pope and he's like, Coach, I, I have to go to this parade. I need to be with the team, but I need to be with my city. And then, you know, you're watching his Instagram stories when the Bucks bus is driving right by and he's sitting in front row. For him to have a leap of faith and fly out here to Provo, Utah and to put BYU on his chest means a lot in terms of what he's willing to sacrifice. He's bounced around a number of times, went to two different high schools and three different colleges. And at the same time, I think everyone would say that he's a tremendously loyal person. But circumstances and situations arose that were outside of his control in, in every one of those situations. And he had the courage and the willingness to step back and say, is, is this right for me? And if the answer was no, then he wanted to go pursue what is the best situation for him. And with each of those choices, I really think Tijon made the right decision. So Tijon Lucas was an incredibly sought after transfer. You know, he's two years at Illinois, two years at Milwaukee, unbelievable numbers. Everybody's looking for a veteran guard that can kind of steady their team. You know, Kansas jumped in late. He was recruited by everybody. And the first time I called him, you know, we were just in the midst of trying to see if Alex felt like he was gonna come back. And so I told him in the first call, the first time I talked, I'm like, hey T, listen, I'm a huge fan. I've watched a ton of film. We've talked to a bunch of coaches that coach you. They're all so complimentary. I think you could be great here, but if what you're looking for in your last year of college basketball is to have the ball in your hand all the time and to get all the shots, that's just not happening here. It's not what we do. It's not who we are. It's not how we play. Fully 100% expecting that I was just gonna hear him hang up the phone. At the end of the day, like I've said, every stop, it wasn't about me having the ball in my hand 40 minutes. I mean, I've done that, had the ball in my hand for 10 minutes, five minutes, and watching the NCAA tournament and teams over the years, 
I figured that the most important thing was winning. And so I told coach like, hey, you know, if it's the right fit, I'm willing to look into it more. And I wanted to see how you guys can help me develop as a person and a player. And ultimately, BYU had the best plan for me at the end of the day. Basketball has taught him to be humble, to be patient, to care about other people's feelings. There's no I in team. He got that it factor in him. He got that type of charisma about him that it brings out the best in everybody, and it changes people who don't believe in themselves. He'll make you a believer. That's what makes him so special. I'm a product of my environment wherever I am. I've learned at Illinois, at Milwaukee, and now at BYU, you know, to embrace relationships and help give back and help others be successful in life. And that's something I, I want to be able to do at the end of the road when the ball stops bouncing. And that's start my own community center. So I want to be able to help those who help me and then also help those who don't necessarily see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, I want to be known for somebody that, you know, gave it its all and was somebody about the people and not just about himself. And so I hope my game and my actions reflect that. So uh, how fortunate do you feel to have had this time with Tijon? and a joyful spirit and like a great competitor. And it was, it's so fun to see Mr. Mac Henry. So, you know, when I talked to Tijon, then my next call was to Miss Marie and she just was merciless. She was just going right at me. She's so fantastic. And then talking to Tijon, I was like, Tijon, who else do I need to talk to? And he's like, well, you have to talk to Mr. Mac Henry. And this is, um, you talk about a, 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 you know, a minister to, to young men. Uh, what coach, you know, what coach Mac Henry means to Tijon. Uh, he can go on for hours about how the impact he had on his life. So that tight knit circle, shots and grandma, like it's just is a really special, um, is a really special small circle of great people that we're blessed to have at BYU. Now, Tijon hasn't gotten to an NCAA tournament yet, has he? I don't believe so. So that would be a special yep. thing. I mean, for right. everyone it is, but it'd be great to have him finish off his career that way. It. we got to get there. BYU. Yep. All right. Well, uh, to run a college basketball team, it takes a village or at least a, a good staff of not only coaches and managers, but also a pair of key graduate assistants. Tonight, we bring back into Studio C former Cougar Hoopster and GA for Player Relations, Evan Troy, and former UVU Hoopster and GA for Operations, Brad Kitchen, bring him on out. <laughs> Brad, oh, Ev, let's go. all right, doing well. That's look good. Let's go. <clears throat> now, all right, Coach, take it away. Well, I mean, what, what, the shoes? Can we get some? Uh, these are the happiness ones by Trey. Okay. Are those, those are like, he designed them, did the whole thing. Uh, so I gave him a little bit of inspiration. Um, they're shoes from my mission. So both, uh, the right foot is Mozambique where I served and then left foot Swaziland. That's so far on the back. Uh, you can't really see me. I'll just get up real quick so this guy can see him. So on the back, there's the flag. Lift your the, foot up a little bit. Here we go. Yeah, now you're good with Jordan nice. jumping through them. So. Bro, those are so fire. Yeah, shout out to Trey. All it's right. Happiness. You look amazing. And what do we got going on here? Got rooted in peace dunks uh, from StockX for my wife who's here. <laughs> shout out to Julia. Oh, do you want to introduce yeah. your wife? Come on, give sure. her a shout out. That's Julia Madsen right there. Married since uh, January 8th of last year. So, all right. Let's go. 
Okay, please tell me you got something for me. Yeah, I'm, right. not, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little disappointed, guys. I was okay, little, actually, I, listen, I, I actually I, sent you guys on a mission to do better I or worse, I guess. Than, I expected uh, a way more salty listen, product than that. Our, our proofreader is Coach Nick, <laughs> so not to throw Coach Nick under the bus, but he told us nothing with profanity, nothing about getting fired, nothing about the players, and nothing about other coaches. So that kind of limits you know, what we're talking about here. Like, so you're saying there were tens of thousands of those. Yes, there's plenty of those. That he had from. to sift through just to get to those so, loose so I'll break, ones. I'll break the one rule from Coach Nick about getting fired. So I'll talk about that. Thank one. goodness it was that one. Yeah, you're breaking. Not All the right. Thank you. Wait, let me read it though. I want to read it. Okay. I want to read it. I'm so excited about this. Middle three right there. Oh, we got three. <laughs> yeah, from the same same guy. Same guy. Okay, it start, is it Earl the Outlaw yeah, Car? Earl the Outlaw. Okay. These are courtesy of the great Earl the Outlaw Car. I am to the point I want Pope, capital F-I-R-E-D. I want Pope fired and hire a coach who knows how to really coach and win games. And then... So this is every, this is every two minutes. Like he just couldn't take it. And I love I love the passion. And I love that people care so much. I'm beginning to wonder if Pope is the right coach to lead BYU into the Power Conference of the Big Twelve. Is that really the best we can do? There's plenty of F words to choose from. Plenty <laughs> of different things, comparisons, but we. All right. Well, we guys. I'm sorry. I feel like I didn't deliver. You guys. Uh, I'm telling you, we got. We. I don't know if we're Greg's gonna let us run back. We could do better. We could we, do better. This is the only time in our tenure together these guys have fallen short on an assignment. I think they fell short in a good way, quite frankly. But uh, uh, so last week we had the managers on. Yes. And, and let's just get back to that for a second. So, so uh, we had Cam and Tyler come in last week. They were pretty cashed out. Were they in sweat? Were they in shorts and matching and, polos? Yeah, matching polos and yeah. And and you guys have taken it up a notch tonight. Let's first of all, the level of notoriety those two guys got from their appearance last week. Were you feeling it the next day at practice? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, well, and then the next game, they uh, CBS did a whole thing on their kill chain. Yeah. I was like, what the yeah. heck? Like, we've worn it before. We got no love, so. <laughs> yeah. They were suddenly more famous than the GAs, which, yeah. shouldn't, which shouldn't happen. That's hence right? we're trying to re- – so I told these yeah. guys, you got to bring it tonight to rectify things. Now, the other thing that came from their appearance on the show was uh, – um, was Cam's uh, belief and preference that there was a player on the team that he could take one-on-one. and the ensuing... Hold his own against, I think was the actual phrase. Who could you hold your own hold against your own. one-on-one? Yeah. And the ensuing um, competition the next day after practice. I was there for that. Had some juice. You guys yeah, want to describe great. what you saw? You yeah. I mean, uh, whole, every, everybody on the team surrounded them around now, the three-point line. Let's remind folks that Tyler said, hey, they're all I, – I, he basically begged out of it and said, hey, I'm not going to mention anybody. Uh, Cam was like, oh, Jeremy Dowdell, <laughs> immediately. And so, and so those two. So, yeah. uh, Cam had a good game in our intramural game, like a couple days before. So he was kind of feeling himself when he went on the show and maybe a bit overzealous. <laughs> so the whole team surrounded him. They're playing one-on-one, chant, give him a bucket, Cam. Give him a bucket. You can do it. He instantly goes. I think he airballed the mid-range. <laughs> Jeremy Dowdell gets out there, puts him to work, scores a land, game over, like almost instantly. So we lost that hope. Pretty quickly, but I, I still believe in Cam in terms of our intramural team that yeah, long. Uh-huh. So yeah, absolutely, still a contributor. Yeah. He's, he's oh, yeah. still a role. The beauty was though that Jeremy Dadal was feeling some pressure because <laughs> oh. anything can happen in a, in a one-shot game. Yeah. 
you could tell he was feeling the pressure. He came through for the young guys. Yes, and he they, did. They get to oh, celebrate yeah. that. All yes, right. he did. By the way, uh, much kudos to the outfits tonight. I mean, you could have just cashed it up. No, you went, you went a different direction. <laughs> Nicely done. GA things. It's not a really, it's not a tux, but it's not too far from it. Yeah, I, yeah, I tried to go with the tux today. Uh, short notice, couldn't get it done. Yeah. Next time. Never sure say you couldn't get it done. <laughs> Never say that. Say you chose not to get it done. Right. These guys can get anything done. I hear you. Yep. And the sunglasses at night thing is a very, is a very good vibe. Cool. Uh, all right, we did this with the managers last week. We won't do exactly the same thing, but uh, you are your ops and your player relations. Okay, those are fancy titles. What in reality do your days look like? Brad. Oof. Um, Every day is different. Um, I get asked this question all the time, like, hey, what, is, like, what do you actually do? Like, what's your job title? And it's like, honestly, just anything that the coaches, assistant coaches, Bob, or any of our players need, like, we just do it and get it done. Um, like Coach said, like, we're, we're just kind of like problem solvers. We, we figure out how to take on the next problem and, just, and finish it, you know? And uh, that's, that's really all, at least that's my job. That's how I look at it is just solving problems every day. How about you, Ev? We have some intermixing, like we do some similar stuff. The difference between the titles, I, I like to call myself a player relations guy because I took the, the mantra of, you know, best locker room in America and try to evolve that into my title now as a graduate assistant. So, you know, I try to make sure all the guys are okay, make sure our locker room's okay. You know, Sunday dinners, I try to have our guys over and some of their significant others so we can, you know, have a movie night and different things. And just making sure that the guys feel loved, making sure that they know that the coaching staff and me personally will always be there for them. So. If fans want more answers to what it is these guys actually do, you, for them, have set up a handy Instagram account, GA underscore things. GA things. Yes. If people don't know what the GA things are, follow the Instagram. At, there it is, GA underscore things. It is. And it'll basically be the life of, of Evan and Brad, essentially. Well, just yeah. GAs in general. In general. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Nationwide, yeah. yeah. We're taking this thing it's a movement. around the world. <laughs> you guys are helping to take over a little yeah. bit. Okay. Uh, you both have, clearly have game. Uh, you played. At, you, first of all, you were, you were with him. Wait, before we go, we got to go GA things. Because okay. this GA thing is, you need an Instagram follow. You want to go there right now. How many followers do you have? 62. Can we please get to we 100? please get to 100. Let's <laughs> get to 100. Can you give us some, exa okay, can you give us some examples of oh. posts, of your most legendary posts? You don't want to miss it. Give us well, like, it's heavy, like, like, like it's heavy SpongeBob content for me. Well, there, right. was, there was one. So, like, basically the, the account is playing at the the expense of GAs and the things that we have to go through and like some of the, the hard things or some of the funny things that like happen. Um, like, like I said, I don't know how to define my job title because every day it's something different. Like I'll fix our, uh, like our rebound sh machine for the shots one day and then the next day I'm like going to do arts and crafts to try to make some sort of poster that Coach Pope <laughs> then shoots down and sends to professionals to have him do. So true, it's like, true story. And yesterday I walked by the, the, the kitchen in the office and he's got the big uh, printer ink <laughs> cartridge yeah. and I'm like, this is just bound for disaster. right? And that here. showed up but, on GA things. But we up. fixed it. Yes, we fixed it. So like every day is different. And so it just it kind of, it's a, it's a story of what GAs do. Yeah. And it's not just like, it's not just me and Ev, it's GAs across the country. People are sending us content, and like we put it on there. So it's uh, actually give us your what's your what's your best one? It's your most legendary post. Jesus. Uh, there's there's a story about it's not it's not for me. It was from a, a buddy at Northwestern State about a food delivery that went wrong after a game because post game meal is probably the most stressful 
part of our job. That's an important thing to get done, and yes. sometimes it doesn't go exactly as planned. Yes. Right. So there's then, a. Don't you have a GA things post with a GA? Oh, yeah, with. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Elder Razband, yeah. Well, it, it was just like he was in the stands, and I was like, hey, GA game, respect yeah. GA game. Yeah. So, <laughs> I took a picture, but like, it, I actually didn't put it on the. Oh, you didn't put it on? I think it was like a story. Or My something. introduction to GA things was we were actually <laughs> in this studio, oh, yes. I think, or in Studio A uh, for Media Day, and we had a little. Um, refreshments cart and what were you doing you were stirring I was ladling soup he was ladling soup with a little plastic spoon <laughs> and he did a little cups. GA things video now with this said certainly these guys have to cover a lot of tiny little things they're also teamed up with each one with an assistant coach and they take a massive amount of involvement in preparing our scouts uh, and, and kind of doing things in office there in every meeting that we have together as a staff trying to figure out all the things that need to be figured out from game plan to personnel to scheduling to everything else. So these guys have their, their, their fingerprints on everything in this program and they're doing an unbelievable job. Super, super impressive. Like incredibly impressive what they get done. We're going to get to more of these guys' lives in our next segment. Don't go anywhere. You're sticking around. Okay. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem Jordan talks with Olympian Ed Eystone about growing up in Ogden, running for a living, going from runner to broadcaster, and how coaching the Cougs to national championships has come about. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. When we come back, we'll do a little social media Q&A and more about the GAs. Brad Nev, as we continue on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Stick with us. Presented by Siegfried and Jensen. We're back in Studio C. We have Mark Pope, we have Brad Kitchen, we have Evan Troy. All right, time for Q&A. It's presented by Smith's, fresh for everyone. We go to social media for this. Uh, question for Coach. Uh, what improvements have you seen out of the team this week so far in practice? Yeah, so I, I do feel like we're on a, a, our mantra right now is to make plays for each other. You know, one of, we've, we said in the last four games, we've shot under 40% from the field and under 30% from the three-point line. And some of that is due to us not working hard enough to earn great shots for each other. And the guys have really, uh, really taken that upon themselves to, to do a better job. And that happens in a hundred different ways, which we don't have time to go into. But um, if there's anything that has been the heart of kind of where our guys' focus has been, it's been that. Okay, next question. At this point in the season, how much do you tweak scheme versus tweak personnel in order to get improvements? What's the answer to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was uh, hoping someone had the yeah. answer. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to do both. We're trying to do both. Um, and it is a combination of both. Everything is, uh, you know, I can't say cocktail on this show. Everything is, uh, I can't say mixed It's an drink. amalgamation. It's a stew. It's a, uh, there is a stew. Um, there we go. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's, it's, um, it's very artistic. Like, it's artistic. I mean, it is. You know, it, it, you know, I always think about basketball and football in the different ways, and, and basketball has to be so much more artistic because there's so much more freedom and it's so much more flowing, and you don't get stoppage every single play, and so it makes it more artistic. So both. It's both. Next question. Uh, we know there's a sports psychologist in the, in the athletic staff. How important is their role uh, during this particular stretch? Um, it's always really important. Wins, losses, summer, season. Um, you know, um, so this, this sports psychology and mental health counseling um, have become important uh, for 
every student athlete that we have on campus. It's like tutors. If you're an A student, you need tutors. And if you're a D student, you need tutors. We don't have any F students. We don't really have any D students. But you, you use the tutors no matter what because it can help augment your deal. So incredibly important position for us. A man Bryce asks, how do you bring joy back in the gym during a tough time like this? Um, you know what you do? You focus on how much you love the game. We actually talked about it as a team today. Like, it, we get to play this game, and we get to play it in that building in front of these fans wearing these uniforms together with this group of guys. And, um, and that's, a, that's a, a special thing. Gratitude is always the answer, um, and so we're trying to focus on that. Okay, we have GA's uh, Brad and Evan with us. Uh, question from our man Hema for Evan. What's your favorite funny memory as a player? Ooh, tough one. Um, I mean, there's some in the locker room that – you can't really talk about. There's some funny moments there, but um, I think uh, just like going out to team meals and different things and going on the road, those were my best memories as a player, spending time with my boys and, um, you know, especially winning obviously helps a lot, but those were my favorite memories was just road trip, beating two teams and uh, getting to, you know, ride the plane back and party it all night long. We had a great moment today in practice. You want to share that? You can share names. Great moment in practice. It involves Spencer Johnson and Coach oh, Nick Robinson. Oh, wow. yeah. Man, I'm throwing Coach Nick under the bus today. Wow. <laughs> uh, and that's my scout partner, like he was talking about. So this is great. Um, yeah, Spencer hit him with the little hee-hee. Maddie Johnson, you know, pass fake. Coach Nick went spinning around in circles and didn't know where the ball was while Spencer was just laying it up right behind him. Gideon George went absolutely crazy, you know, laughing his butt off. And it was, yeah, it was, that was a good moment. Okay. Take a extended break. Good stuff. Uh, coming up next, we'll preview this week's slate of games when BYU basketball with Mark Pope continues. Stay with us. BYU basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Smith's fresh for everyone and by Cascade Collision Repair serious about perfection all right so welcome back to BYU basketball with Mark Pope here's our game day broadcast schedule for this week two games on tap we start at LMU on Thursday Pre-game show, 8 o'clock Mountain, 10 o'clock Eastern on the BYU radio. We have radio and ESPNU for the TV. And then post-game coverage on the radio right after where we go to Saturday up the road to Malibu. BYU at Pepperdine starts an hour earlier. 7 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Eastern for the pre-game. The game on radio and CBS Sports Network for your sinking pleasure. And then post-game on the radio as well. So, LMU has a special place in Evan Troy's heart for a couple of reasons. What would reason number one be? I think senior year, hitting the, the back record. Up. Okay. Go back to uh, two years before that. Uh, my sophomore year and one layup. Clanked the free throw, but that was my first basket as a Cougar. First yeah. basket as a BYU Cougar came at LMU uh, four years ago. Yeah. 2018. And then two years later, you already kind of referenced it. This is a night. It's a record-setting night for BYU. The Cougars were sitting at 17 threes. Right. The record's going to be 18. And who makes the 18th three? Our boy. Evan Troy, so right there. Three-pointer number 18 on the night, setting the new BYU record. And both these games for you, first bucket and record-setting bucket, come on that floor. So it's, got, it's, it's a good vibe, a good karma place, Special right? Special place in my heart, for sure. Isn't that awesome? That is cool. <laughs> uh, Brad, you were a UVU hoopster. Yes. Uh, first collegiate bucket for you. Uh, it was against Westminster, and it was a layup. 
one for one, led the, led the country for about a day <laughs> in field goal percentage. So And points per possession, probably close, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, two, yeah. I don't know if, so, if someone hit a three then. Yeah. And it bears noting these guys clearly had a lot of – they had game, right? Oh, they're, they're, not just, they're not just helping the program. They're guys that can, can put it on the floor and, uh, and do it that way. There's, they're so important uh, to everything we do, um, and their understanding of the game is really profound, right? So – um, they're allowed as GAs to participate in some drills, small drills where they have small numbers of guys on the court. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, they do an unbelievable job um, simulating what we're asked, the challenge that we're asking to put in front of our players. They do a great job simulating it. You know, like I said, they do everything associated with our program. It's great. All right, we're heading to our last break. And as we do so, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. Fuseni Traore. Fus is four rebounds away from becoming the fifth BYU freshman with 200 or more rebounds. Who is BYU's all-time freshman rebounding leader? That's our question. The answer next. Stick with us. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Tonight's trivia question comes your way courtesy of Cascade Collision Repair, Sirius about perfection. We see Foos there uh, climbing the rebounding charts. He gets four more rebounds and he gets into the uh, gets into the top five with 200 or more rebounds. But who is the all-time freshman rebounding leader? Before we show you the answer on the screen, uh, Coach Pope, who, who, what's your educated guess? I'm, I, I don't know and I'm gonna get in trouble. Ever since I missed on Noel Hartstock, I'm totally gun shy. <laughs> He's taking a pass, uh, Brad. Uh, so what do you think? I, th I think I'm going to go with Yo. Yoli Childs? Yeah, yeah. I got to go with my guy, Yo. So you both think Yoli Childs? And the answer is Yoli Childs. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. There you go. Come on. Go. That's right. Nicely done. Back in 2016-17. And Foos is going to get up there. Foos is special on the boards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. 272 rebounds. My goodness. All right. Wow. So we've got uh, 40 seconds left on the show. Oh. We better get to what happened. What happened? Uh, we all know about the cougar tail, right? It's, it's, a, it's a delicious concoction. And this gentleman at the Gonzaga game apparently tried to inhale an entire thing in, well, one bite is what it turns out. So that's... We got to get his name. Oh that is goodness. so fantastic. <laughs> we got to get him on the show and give him another chance. Who do we need to have him race? We need to have him race Foose. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, a tiki. A tiki? A tiki can eat anything. We need him race a tiki. Brad, F, thanks for classing up the joint tonight. We appreciate it. Coach, good luck. We'll see you in L.A. Go, boys. Thanks, folks. Appreciate you being here. Have a great week. Go Cougs. At Smith's, fresh.